right, let's begin. We are dedicating great learning to Joseph Chaimzev Ben Fega, We are going to start on our second class. If excuse me, I'm a little sick, man antibiotic, and I've been sick in the past like two days. I'm getting better, Baruch Hashem. Done a lot of makeup for you guys. You don't have to look at all the sickness. Um, so bear with me. But tonight's class is on the second Mida of Akash the second Mida on Tomer Torah. And he talks about the Mida of bearing sin. <laughs> the Mida of bearing sin. Amazing. Thank you, Carrie. Hold on one second. I'm going to just put my phone, make sure my phone is totally silent. There we go. Okay. So we're talking about the Mida of bearing sin. No Sebe'o. Okay. No Sebe'o is that Hashem bears sin. Now he opens up, he opens up in the Hebrew over here, the Hebrew text, and he explains. How, in essence, what happens when a person does anything in their life? You know, when you are a person that, like, let's just take a random example. Okay, you're a person that thinks negatively about everything. Like, the the cup is always half empty, that kind of thing. Like, if I go there, I'm probably going to miss out on that. And then I'm probably, you know, not going to make it in time for this. I'm probably going to get stuck in traffic. And how, you know how it is in the airport. You're always stuck in lines. And it's always going to just all fall apart because everybody's waiting in line now and everyone's traveling now. Probably I'm going to be delayed and I'm probably going to, you know, that kind of mentality. A person that thinks that way, right? According to all this farm and everything that we learned, a person that thinks that way, what happens is that they actually create the reality that they're thinking. They actually, they put, they set forth an energy. Okay. And they set forth an energy of like, oh, I'm going to have a bad day. You know, I'm going to lose a lot of money. Um, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to get healthy. I'm never going to lose the weight. Who's going to, how am I going to pay off these bills? I'm, right? A person that speaks that way and thinks that way puts out that kind of energy around them. That's the reality of what goes on in a person's life. Why does one person have it? You know, one person sees their life, even if they have massive, massive sorrows, they see it as like a beautiful life, but they see all the gorgeous things that they have going on in their life. And another person can have like a gorgeous life, but they just see all the mishaps and they see all the people that are wrong, you know, wronging them and all the things that didn't go their way and all the times that people didn't respect them or see them enough, right? So it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be if you're rich and famous, then right? That doesn't, that's not what we're talking about. We're saying we know that a person's world, a person's life is basically a conglomerate of their vibe, their approach, their look, their perspective on their life, okay? And we know that our perspective on our life changes as, as much as we change. If we change in a good way, if we, the soil that we're growing in, which is the thoughts that we're thinking, the actions that we're taking, the things that we're learning, the times that we're growing, they're working on ourselves. If we are in that kind of soil, that's the soil that we're in, then what's going to grow out of that soil is going to naturally, even if not everything goes perfect in our lives, naturally, it's going to take on another meaning. Like, oh, this must be for the good. You know, I don't know why I lost that job, but it's like God is directing me to the best possible job. You know, it's not happening for no reason. It's for sure happening for my best because I, I know that. And that's how I believe, right? When a person thinks that way and lives that way, when a person lives in a state of like, nothing is happening to me. Everything's happening for me. Everything's happening for me. Everything, everything, everything. Wow. Everything's happening for me. I just have a bird's eye. I don't, I don't have a bird's eye. I just have a little, little bit of a, 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 a vision, like a, a little bit of a, 
see, I'm like a peephole, see what's going on in my life. There's such a broader picture. Oh, this pneumonia is also good for me, right? I was in the middle of cleaning and creating courses and speaking to people and doing all the things that I love doing. And then it stopped me in my tracks, <coughs> right? So that's also not just good, it's amazing for me. So when a person thinks that way and acts that way and speaks that way, what that ended up happening is that the vibe around them, the energy that they have to them about them is much, much, much more positive, upbeat energy. That's the energy that they're looking for. That's the energy that we want. It's not just upbeat like, hey, I'm having such a good time. No, it's that I don't fall into mega, mega downs, right? I don't go into dark, dark places. <clears throat> Why? Because most of the time, and that's what we're going to be learning in this chapter, most of the time, the energy that I'm surrounding myself with, whether it's in my mind or what I say or what I, what I choose, how I choose to view my life, that energy is the energy that guides me and takes me in the direction of what I want. That's why it says, uh, in the way that a person wants to go, and that way he's escorted. And I teach this in my breakthrough class about the Marasha says there, he says, who are these escorts? The way a person wants to go, and that way he's escorted. So the Marasha says, who's, who's escorting him? Who are these escorts? And he answers, and he says, the escorts are the bodies of energy the angels, the bodies of energy that were created by the thoughts that he had. So in a way that a person wants to go and the desire that he wants to have, that he has in his life or something, in that way, he's going to be escorted. The actual desire for something, the thought behind something creates a body of energy. It creates a body of And that energy takes you in the direction of what you want, it takes you in the direction of what you're thinking of, what you're saying. We are creation, creators of energy. We are constantly, constantly, constantly creating good energy or bad energy. At every given moment in our life, we're creating energy. You think one of the six mitzvahs tmedios, you think one of those mitzvahs, just you're sitting in your office, just like daydreaming. And all of a sudden you think like one of the six mitzvahs tmedios, you know, just that one. You created a body of energy just by thinking about that mitzvah. You created a, 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 a piece of energy. And this energy becomes your vibe, your vibration, your energy. It's the thing that people feel when they meet you without even talking to you. That becomes your energy. So what he's talking, he opens up in this chapter and he talks about it like this. And he says, listen, when a person does a mitzvah, they create a body of energy. When they do an avera, they create a body of energy. And what is this body of energy that they create when they do an avera? It's called a bad malach, okay? A bad malach is a, a malach is, what is an angel? What is that thing? What is the concept? There's like almost like a wave. Imagine just a wave. You're, you, you hit the water and your hands create a reverberation and that reverberation creates waves, right? The action that you did over here created a wave and another, and it just keeps going, right? That kind of thing happens also for you spiritually, energetically, based on how you're thinking, based on what you're doing, based on what you're saying. So if you're a person that says, oh, I'm for sure going to get into, <coughs> I'm for sure going to sit in traffic, I'm for sure going to miss my flight, and for, you know, I'm always going to, if everyone rips people off, Israel is such a hard country to live in. If that's what you're saying, then you have to know, mitzvah goreris, mitzvah avera goreris avera. One energy leads to another, the energy, like attracts light. When you're in a space of like, uh, it attracts, it connects you automatically 
to more uh, energies and more uh, actions and more stuff that's going to take you down. And when you're the opposite, when you're pushing yourself, when you're exercising, when you're davening, when you're taking a class, when you're committed to something that's spiritual, that's uplifting, that's, that's important, food for your soul, for your soul, and you understand that you are your soul, the mitzvah, Gavaros of mitzvah, and good energy pulls enough, pull, pulls more good energy. It's like magnetic. That's how it works. So he says like this, he says over here, and when he opens up and he says, we create these bodies of energy when we do bad things. And these bodies of energy, they're called angels. And these angels come before Hashem and they say to Hashem, <coughs> Hashem, this person created me. Who's gonna, who's gonna keep me alive? Who's going to sustain me? Okay, because every single thing in this world has to have, you can't go to a restaurant, order and leave. You have to pay the bill. And if you don't pay the bill, you're gonna have to pay it by washing the dishes. And if you're not gonna wash the dishes, then someone's gonna have to come down and release you from the restaurant and pay your bill. Meaning nothing is free in this world, my friends. There's nothing free in this world. Nothing, 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 nothing. You pay for everything, even in the relationships that you have. You, you think you're in this relationship for, for, for X, okay? Because you're getting Y out of it. So yeah, you're dealing with a lot of things in the relationship that you don't like, but you're choosing to be there because you're getting X, Y, Z from it. You're getting something from it. So you're paying by having patience. You're paying by being quiet. You're paying by dealing with the person, right? That's your payment. Nothing is free. You pay for everything in this world. And that's exactly what he says, is that our actions come before Hashem and they say, Hashem, hey, so, so-and-so made me and now I, I need someone to sustain me. I'm a Bria. I am a creation. Like anything else in this world is a creation. And normally what Hashem should say to this Bria, to this creation is, I didn't create you. Go to the person that created you and ask him to pay you. Ask him to sustain you. And that would mean, well, what that would look like is that every single time we would sin, God forbid, every single time, our sins would come back in the form of attackers coming to get us to pay them, to, to sustain them, to keep them alive. Who's going to feed me? You created me, okay? You just, um, uh, God forbid, you just uh, stood up and smacked someone across the face. That's an Avera. That's an Isser. <coughs> not to make another person, not to make another person blush in public. Not to embarrass another person. Let's do this in front of other people. That's an Avera. The mala, the energy that was created by that action, by the action of slapping another person, that energy that was created, now, now it needs to be kept alive. Someone has to keep feeding it, sustaining it. That's exactly what's going on. So what happens on a spiritual mystical level, what's going on here is that this body of energy comes before Hashem and Hashem says, normally the person should pay you back for doing it. But I am no so old. I bear the sin. Let me carry the sin. Hashem says, I am going to carry the sin. A person can live 70, 80 years with a massive sin on their back, a massive sin that they're carrying on their back and Hashem still didn't deposit it. He didn't deposit the check. He didn't make the person pay for what he did. He keeps them alive and he keeps them satiated and he keeps them sustained and he keeps them every day. He new sun shining and everything is good and his heart's pumping and all good. And meanwhile, this person did something big that created a, a malach of kares, that created a malach of, you know, it could be it could be all the different kinds of bad things that we say on Yom Kippur. Hashem Dumagan, right? You say kares, zariri, right? What are those? Those are bad malachim that created by different actions that a person does. 
a person that is uh, that is Mechal Shabbat, right? It's it's Chayat Karev. So what does he do with that? He, every every week Hashem wants Hashem wants him to come back. Every week Hashem expects him to do tshuva. Every week Hashem wants him to have a Shabbos experience. And every week he's out that out there in the beach, or every week is Mechal Shabbos. What happens with these these energy that, that are created, these bodies of energy, these malachim that are created from the Chol Shabbos? What happens with them? Where do they go? So Hashem holds them. Hashem sustains them. He holds them. He feeds them, and he waits. What does he wait for? He waits patiently. For the person to one day wake up and say, I feel empty. For the person to one day wake up and say, I shouldn't have treated my mother that way. Eight months after you yelled at your mother and you're not talking to her for eight months, all of a sudden you wake up that morning and you wake up and you take a shower and you feel terrible and you cry in the shower and you feel awful for what you did. So here's the thing. Here's how it goes. When a person does the sin, Hashem says, I'm going to carry this body of energy. I am going to feed it. I'm going to sustain it. Leave the person alone. Don't go back to the person and say, Hey, sustain me. Because what we would have to pay with is either suffering and pain. We would have to pay the malach back in suffering and pain in order to make him disappear, in order to make him to be even. Okay, because when we are mechala the world, when we, God forbid, do something that is against the laws of nature, the laws of spiritual nature, and this is something that creates evil in the world, that creates bad darkness in the world. If we create darkness in the world, this darkness needs to be nullified it can't just be like it can't just like hang around like it can't just hang around it creates bad in the world this darkness is an essence where all the bad things in the world nurse from the zohar explains that they nurse from our averos okay where do these averos live it's like a pool of like dark energy and bad uh angels demons per se okay or these bad entities where do all these terrorists have the the, the, the ability to pick, to lift a finger on a Jew? How do they have this dirty terrorist have the ability to pick up lift a finger on a good, straight, kind-hearted person? Where do they have, where do they get, where, how does that happen? How is that even fair? They get it because they drink, they nurse, the Zohar says, from the pool of evil, which is the, the dark angels that the Jewish people create. Understand? So what happens is that every time, a single time we create a dark energy, an Avera, it goes into this pool of, of evil. And Hashem sustains this pool of evil. He sustains all these energies, all these bad malachim. But these bad malachim, he's not going to sustain them forever. Meaning I have to take responsibility for them because if I created them, I have to deal with them. Either I deal with them in this world or I deal with them in the next world, which is Gehenna. But I deal with them either in this world or in the next world, I deal with them. I end up having to wash my dishes. I end up having to pay my bill. You ate the falafel, you pay your bill. That's it. Like, there's no one going to, Hashem's going to be like, let me wait, uh, let me hold it for you while you're busy trying to find your money. But I'm only going to be able to hold it for you for a certain amount of time. So how much time does Hashem hold our, our sins for? Depends. If we, if a person, first of all, it's a long time. Hashem holds our sins for a long time. Second of all, if a person feels any kind of suffering in their life, any kind of suffering from stubbing your toe to getting a paper cut, to losing, God forbid, your wallet or your phone, to losing your home, to losing your marriage, to anything big or small, anything. Literally, Chazal said, you put your finger, you put your hand in your pocket, you're looking for a quarter, you come out with a dime. It's considered Yisurim. You put your hand back in your pocket, you're looking for a quarter, you come out with a nickel. It's considered Yisurim. You put your hand back in your pocket, you're looking for a quarter, you come out with a penny. It's Yisurim. Every single time you stuck your hand in your pocket to look for something and you came out with the wrong coin, 
That is this term. You know what Yisurim do? Yisurim take off the, the, the evil that you've created, the person that created, the dark forces of the person, they, they melt them. It's like acid. It's like acid. Yisurim are like acid for dark malachim, for averos. They are kaparos. Yisurim is a kapara for bad aver, for bad malachim, for bad bodies, bad bodies, entities that we've created in our lifetime. So every single time you miss that bus, you misplace your wallet, you can't find your phone, you stub your toe, you get a paper cut, you stay there and you say, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, that it came in this format. Thank you, Hashem, that it, I, I lost my glasses and that's where my pain is coming from because this is mimarek. Mimarek is another term we use on, on Yom Kippur. Mimarek, it purges, it cleanses me of what? Of the dark energies that I've created that stick to me, that stick to me. These dark energies, they don't allow me to feel Kedusha, to want to be spiritual, to want to dive in, to, to open my heart, to care about Natakosh and Hara. They don't allow me. They clog me. Spiritually, they clog me. They don't allow me. The times that you were flying, the times that you were on spiritual highs, do you remember those times? You know what I'm talking about. Times when you had feels that like your heart was open wide, like you felt like you could just cry and open and talk and it's so real. The times where you were at the hotel and you're just like, you had chills, those times in your life are times that you are you free. Oftentimes after Yom Kippur, we feel this. Often like after Elah and after like, all of a sudden it's like, I'm not hungry. I'm not thirsty. I'm like, I'm like on a high. I have energy even. Because you're cleansed and cleansed and cleansed and the person underneath is the Neshama. And the Neshama is alive. The Neshama has energy. The Neshama is all energy. That's why a child is all energy. Because the more a child grows, the person grows, and he adds more and more and more and more and more dark, dark, thick grease onto himself. He gets more tired. You can see 20-year-olds that are exhausted, that they have no energy, that they're lazy. They don't want to get off the couch. 20-year-olds. Like 10 years ago, this kid was bouncing off the walls. He was super happy. Eight, 18 years ago, 15 years ago. What happened? The neshama gets coated by layers of tuma, which is what it's called. Tuma is this dark energy that's created by, with our, with our Averos. So he says like this. He says like this. He says, Hashem holds, he bears the sin, and then a person can get rid of it in a few ways. Number one, we said Yisra. Anytime anything bad, quote unquote, happens to you, just remember that is a way of Hashem pulling off, pulling off this impurity, this grease, this stuff that's stuck there that's not allowing you to feel you that's not that's bringing you down that's also causing you in your life more harshness and more darkness because what avera glorious avera the concept is like attracts like it's like a magnet when you have darkness in your in your pool okay you have darkness you have gook you have mold in there it creates more it creates more it sends out the spurs and it creates more so by anything, anything negative happening to you, from missing the bus to anything in, from, from worst to best, just say, thank you, Hashem. When you stub your toe, thank you, Hashem. Any kind of pain, any kind of inconvenience, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, because it's kapara. That's number one. That's one way of getting rid of the avera of the body of energy. The second way is the tshuva. A person, when a person does tshuva, he says, I take responsibility for saying that, for doing that, for stealing that, for yelling that way for putting that person down, for shaming them. 
I take responsibility for being narrow-eyed. I take responsibility for being jealous. I take responsibility for doing all the things that I, I, I did it. I did it. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm sorry that I did it. I'm sorry that I said that to my son. I'm sorry that I spoke that way to my husband. I'm sorry. I want to be better. Hashem, a person says, says these things out loud. He did tshuva. And now listen to what he says about tshuva for a second. Listen to what he says. Listen. He says, since the destructive angel's purpose is to inflict judgment on the sinner, that's his purpose, the destructive angel that you created, right? The person created. If the sinner judges himself with tshuva, there's no longer any reason for the angel's existence. You created an angel, okay? You, you now embarrass your son, your child, in front of his siblings, in front of the neighbor, in front of someone. You, you, did it, you, you created now, if you had extra vision, you would see, you would see a, a, God forbid, a destructive angel in your living room. And he wants to get paid. Hashem is going to pay him for now. He's going to keep him in the waiting room for now. He's holding on to him now. But Hashem can't keep feeding him forever. Meaning this, we have to decide what, where this angel goes. What's going to be with him? This angel can dis disappear, completely disappear, if we now put back the energy that we took from the world when we did the Avera. So what do we do? We either pay with pain and suffering, which is all the things that I told you about in step one, or we do what? We judge ourselves by doing tshuva. When I sit there and say, I yelled, I got angry, I was, I was wrong, I, I, I mistreated, I mishandled. Uh, when I judge myself, my own wrongdoing, when I judge it myself, what I do is that I, the angel disappears because his whole, his whole being, it comes to judge me for what I did. If I judge myself, he doesn't have purpose anymore and he disappears. And the third way, the third way is that we said here, one second. I think that these are the only two ways. I think it's tshuva. Oh, and, and the third way is in the next world, after he passes away, after the person passes away. That a big kapara is death. Death is a big kapara. When a person actually dies, the act of dying in this world is a kapara in and of itself for a bunch of averos, for a bunch of averos. Okay. And, um, and then in the next world, if a person still carries this, this avera that he's done, he has to pay for it with. Uh, Gehenna in the next world. Okay, so now, so obviously the best way to pay for it is tshuva. That's what I said. That's what I said that a person did tshuva every single night before he goes to sleep. Go take an inventory of your day. Remember, sort of Barak, what happened in your day, who you spoke to, where your ups were, where your downs were. Start to think about where the downs were, where the words that you shouldn't have said, the actions you shouldn't have done. Rewire, you know, yourself and say, okay, this was, I was out of the line here. I was out of the line here. You say your vidoy, say Hashem, you say it out loud. Hashem, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I was wrong for doing that and saying that. I was wrong for acting that way. Okay, you say what you did wrong and then you feel bad for it. I feel bad that I, I stooped to that level. I feel bad that I made the other person feel so terrible. I feel bad that I stole. I feel bad that I spoke gossip because I know what that does. And I know that it always comes back to bite me in the rear end. So I know that. And also I know what it does to the listener and I know what it does to the person that we're speaking about because I'm in the Holy Chatter group and I'm learning about that. So you say you feel bad about it and then you accept. You accept that next time I'm in this kind of situation, next time I'm in the kitchen with my son and he, you know, he spills the milk or he's not nice or he does whatever, I don't react that way. I push it, don't react that way. 
And I, re- I think about another way, another right way for me to have reacted in that scenario. I play it out in my mind. What would have been the right way then? I was stressed. I was nervous. I came home from work. I was tired. The house was a mess. Okay. But what would have been the right reaction then? And then I think about what the right reaction would have been. And that's how, you, that's how I do too much. So the best, the best way to get rid of a, 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 a destructive angel is through that way. Okay. That's the best way. The next way is through suffering and pain that God sends you. You didn't choose to stub your toe. You didn't choose to break the, the glass vase. You didn't choose to get stuck on the highway without gas. And what, it's what happened from Shemaim. That's God's way of pulling off, pulling off the impurity from your soul. These, these destructive angels that they come back and they eventually want to claim a person's life. Okay. And when a person has, God forbid, enough destructive angels, then a person's life gets plucked. Right at, at, at a young age, if he has too much, okay, that's something that's brought down as well. Or a person can live for a very long, a very long life and also then have to deal with it in the next world. So what we're learning here is Hashem's Midah of no Sibyl. Hashem's Midah of no Sibyl is like this. He's patient. He's patient. He doesn't jump down our throat. We don't do something wrong and go, whoa, what's wrong with you? Can you relax? Can you not do that? He doesn't. Okay. Every day I come home and the garbage is still. Every day the garbage is here. Every single day. I don't understand. Every day? Every day? He doesn't. He doesn't do that. He, he can go back. 60, 50, 60, 70 years can go by and he's still carrying the sin. He doesn't come to you with anger. He doesn't come to you with impatience. He's sustaining this dark energy, this thing that's literally giving life to terrorists giving life to sicknesses, it's giving life to anything bad in the world, kids overdosing, suiciding, all of that, okay, it's giving life, anything dark that comes from the side of darkness is getting fed, it's getting yinuk, it's getting zionik, it's nursing from this pool of evil that's created by the Jewish people's actions, and Kabbalah and Tomer Deborah, we're learning right now, that's exactly what's happening, so Hashem, not only is it destroying Hashem's world, but he has to sustain it. You know what I'm saying? It's like someone living in your house and they're destroying your house, but you're paying their rent. You're literally paying their rent. You're buying the food and they're destroying your house. That is the Mida that we're talking about. That is the Mida that we're talking about. Someone's living in your house. Hashem sent someone to live in your house. They're not nice. They're not washing your dishes. They're not filling up your fridge. They're not being cordial. They're trashing your place. And you still keep feeding them and paying their rent, their share of the rent. Huh? What? Yep, that's what he does. So the meter that we're learning from Hashem here, the takeaway for us is your neighbor gets, leaves their garbage outside. Your, your mom keeps asking you for favors. Your, you know, uh, people sin against you. People literally sin against you. People are mean to you. People speak down nicely to you. People, that's what's going on. When you swallow it this time, you're doing it from a place of Tomer Devorah. You're doing it from a place of, I am going to liken myself to God. Not to people, please. Not to kiss up to anyone. Not, to, not because I'm afraid to, to, be, uh, um, uh, to step up and be in someone's face. No. I'm going to, I see the garbage on my stairs that my neighbor had a party last night and there's garbage on my stairs. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to put it in the garbage can. I see that, you know, my, 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 uh, I'm giving to somebody and I see them going to fancy restaurants. 
I'm not, I'm not going to go into the places where people are sitting against me, okay? I'm going to bear their sin. I'm going to bear their sin. I'm going to be patient. My son spilled the milk on the floor, okay? My, my, my child comes home with bad grades. Instead of jumping down their throat, instead of being impatient, instead of saying, what's wrong with you? Instead of getting angry, what I'm going to do is going to be like a Shem. I'm going to walk in his ways. I'm going to walk in his, in his ways. I'm going to do what he does, which is so absurd almost sounding. But I'm going to bear this person's sin. I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to get impatient. I'm not going to jump down his throat. I'm not going to be like, no, no, what's wrong with you? I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to bear the sin. And what does Hashem wait for us to do? Hashem waits for us to do tshuva, to get rid of this evil piece of evil in the world. He waits for us to do tshuva. He waits for us to say, okay, I've, I've done, I've, I've partaked of these dark energies. Now I'm going to clean up my mess. Hashem waits for us and waits for us and waits for us to take care of our mess. And he, meanwhile, takes care of the mess. And so where in our life, where in your life, can you find a place where, yeah, it's not fair. And yeah, the person's not acting so amazing and they could be a better helper and you do so much more for them. And look, you're even paying their credit card bills or look, you're even, you know, taking them to the doctor every other week or you're even making their doctor's appointments or you're taking them, you know, you're doing things for them. You're bringing them food or whatever it is, and they, and they act against you, and they act against you, they go and you talk to your sister about you, they go and you tell your, your husband, you know, things about, that's how they act to you, about to you. Bearing sin is waiting patiently for the person to catch themselves, the person to catch themselves and say, hey, this is not the right way to do things. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it this way. I shouldn't act this way. Something about being quiet that I'm learning is so powerful that people get that so much stronger in communication than they do when you're standing there and like giving it to them, like literally blow by blow. People like do so, like that whole sugya of like Aaron being quiet when his two sons were killed. That was his reaction. It was such a deafening silence. Literally when you learn about it, the, the, the brilliance of keeping quiet, the lessons that you can teach, the messages that can go through to the other side. When you davka, don't say. When you're a person that usually says, usually says, and you explain it exactly what they did wrong or where you were offended or what happened. I get that. And there's so much room for communication in that way. Definitely, definitely a big fan of that. But what we're learning from Tomer Deborah is the, is the waiting the waiting time, exactly. And Aaron is the one that Chazal tells to be like, wow, I love that. Wow, thank you, Shana. Wow, I love that. Wow, I have to wrap my head around that for a second. And it's, and it's exactly, and it's exactly that mida. It's exactly that mida of being quiet, almost like being patient, almost like having that, like taking the, okay, the person just was like totally off their game like they literally the what they said how they said it the way they acted it was just like mm -hmm, okay it's very easy to be like excuse me what can you like step back a minute can you like go back for a minute and like let's talk about this it's very easy but something happens 
when we are able to just bear it, bear the person's sin, bear it. Obviously, again, I have to say this in every single one of these classes, not if they're abusive, if they're a narcissist, or if they're they're like they're like just ghosting you or acting terribly to you or making you second guess yourself or always no none of those normal healthy relationships that you have with people everybody screws up everybody will mess up everybody will make mistakes what Hashem is teaching us over here and what we're learning from Hashem's ways is that is that have be tolerant let's be tolerant of one another they will screw up they will mess up. It will happen. So will I. So will you. How would I want the person to treat me if I acted that way? How would I want the person to understand me if I acted that way? How? Where would I come from? Would I come from a place of like, you hurt me and now I'm going to take another six months to try to forgive you? Listen, there's something that happens in the reaction of silence that is so much more powerful and strong and, and almost like deafening that the other person gets he, they get the message in a very, very big way. They get the message. Sometimes in a much bigger way than you screaming and yelling at them. Sometimes in a much, much bigger way than you explaining it exactly to them. There's something very, very powerful in the quiet of it that happens and it changes the person. And that's what we're learning from Hashem. If Hashem thought that we would do better, if he jumped down our throat and been like, ah, you didn't wash, ah, ah, you didn't say Modani in time, ah, you did you say Shriyatta, ah, was that kosher? Did you just bite your fingernail and it's a Friday? Uh-huh. How are you putting that thing on the plot? Are you, are you careful with the way you're putting that on and the way you're taking it off? If we had a God like that, okay, we would, first of all, be like OCD and insane robots that would like be scared of their shadow and like literally have PTSD, okay, all the time. But that's a side point. The fact that he's not that way with us Teaches us how to how us how we should be. Also not that way. Also not the <gasps> the police officer. They said, they said, they didn't invite, they didn't invite. They pulled up in front of your driveway, took your parking spot. They did it. They come in your house, they didn't take their plate off the table, they left their garbage on the stairs. They you bear sin. There's something that happens in that reaction of yours to bear the other person's sin. That creates magic. And what happens again, every single time we go in Hashem's ways and we act like him and we you do what he says, copy, paste, copy, paste. He acts this way. He is patient. You be patient. You spill the milk on the floor. He's not jumping down your back. Next time your son does that, don't jump down his back. All right. Don't translate that to mean that he doesn't care about you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't see you. He doesn't appreciate you. Don't translate that to mean those things. Just bear it. Bear it and understand that you're bearing it from a place of being likened to Hashem, becoming more godly. And what happens every single time you do that, every single time you ask Hashem, every single time you ask Hashem what you're doing, in essence, every single time you're patient and every single time you're enduring and every single time you're tolerant and every single time you don't jump down their throat, every single time you are... You understand that every single time you breathe before reacting, every single time, what happens is that you illuminate the mida, the mida that you're acting like right now is the nose of the old, the bearing the sin. You illuminate that over you. That mida is illuminated. You have just become more godly. How that's going to act out and how that's going to play out, according to the Torah, is going to create a lot of healing in your life. Lots of healing in your life. 
and the life of the people that you love. So that's our class for today. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, spread it around. I mean, I would love for more people to join our group, um, to join our learning. It's really, really meaningful to me. There's so much of our class. Um, I feel like there's so much, so much like hidden gems in the safer stuff that I've never learned before in like regular tour classes. Um, and it's working and it's working and I feel it really working in my life. I feel just, just all of a sudden becoming aware that like, I don't have to say anything. Like before I felt like it was my duty a lot of times to like, you know, talk to people and explain where they went wrong and how they offended me or that this is like, their stuff was all over my stuff and like, it's okay, but you know, like, and now I don't feel that and I don't have any resentment either. I don't have any resentment. If anything, it's creating more peace inside of me. So sometimes we think that like we have to set the record straight and we have to do this the right way. And maybe this is the right way. I'm, I'm sure it is. So we're going to continue next week with the Mida of Uber Al-Pesha. Again, if you can, uh, if you don't have this book, um, there is somebody in the group. Her name is Esther. She's willing to buy it for you and send it over to your Amazon, ship it over to your house. Get it. It's an amazing, amazing read. It's called Toma Devorah. If you want it and you don't, and you don't, you know, you can't buy it or whatever it is, uh, get in touch with Esther in the group. She's on the WhatsApp group. Get in touch with her. Send her a private message and she'll get it for you. She's offered to buy for everyone that wants to learn this safer. Okay. Thanks for joining. Thanks for being here. And we'll continue next week. Bye. Bye. Everyone. Thank you. Thank you.